This is the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, episode 163. Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Weekly motivation and language learning tips to help you become fluent in any language. Now, here's your host, Ollie Richards. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm really happy you're here, and I hope you've been enjoying the new transcripts as well. They are available on the show notes for each episode, so you can go to the blog at IWillTeachYouALanguage.com and click on the podcast tab. You'll find all a list of all of the episodes and the, the transcripts. Full transcripts are there now for every episode starting from um, episode 162. That was last episode. So enjoy. I'd like to thank the sponsors of the show, italki, and I get all of my language lessons from italki when I'm at home in the UK, and you can get a free lesson by going to IWillTeachYouALanguage.com forward slash free lesson. Now, without any further ado, we've got a question today from Chris in China. And I have to apologize in advance because as I recorded this episode, uh, my microphone didn't work. So we're using the internal speakers on my laptop, which are not great. So the sound quality for this episode is not the best, I'm afraid. Well, what can I say? These things happen. I apologize. If you're interested in the topic, hopefully it's still intelligible. Here's Chris. Hi Ollie, it's Chris here, long time listener, first time sending in a question. Um, um, I've been living in China for quite some time now and I've studied Mandarin up to HSK level 5, but I'm finally considering taking the plunge this year and learning Cantonese. And my question is, how would you go about doing this, already having a pre-existing knowledge of Mandarin, of, of being able to, to read Hansa, um, how would you go about tackling the language? Is it simply the case that I've got to learn a whole set of new pronunciations for words that I already know? Are grammar structures that I've studied in Mandarin, do they have like analogies in Cantonese? And again, it's just a, a simple case of learning um, new pronunciations for words that I've studied, structures that I've studied. How do I tackle learning pronunciation? Is it a case that you know every phoneme that exists in Mandarin has a direct equivalent um, in Cantonese, so that once I learn the equivalent of I don't know, sh or hi, it's the same every time it occurs, or is it completely different? And if so, what are the best resources uh, for studying Cantonese? At what stage would I approach a teacher or um, look for language exchanges? How much can I do off my own back? Um, given that I'm an experienced language learner and I'm quite motivated, but don't have loads of time to, to dedicate to, to learning it, maybe four or five hours a week. Anyway, let me know what your suggested plan of attack would be, where to start, um, what the time frame will probably look like for moving through different levels or progressions. Yeah, and uh, look forward to hearing your answer. Cheers, and keep up the great work. Thanks. Hey, Chris, thank you very much for a cool question. And it's always fun to hear an accent like yours coming from the south of China. <laughs> it just makes you realize how much we get around uh, and how small the world is in many ways. So very cool. Um, me and Chris have actually been chatting over Facebook and... Um, I very selfishly persuaded him to send this this question into the podcast um, so that other people could benefit from it as well because it's really interesting. So, Chris, thanks for doing that. Now, I'm in a way, I'm really looking forward to answering this, but I'm also a little bit nervous because I don't speak Mandarin. 
and everybody assumes that I do. So a lot of people sort of say, hey, Ollie, how did you learn Mandarin? And so I didn't. I never learned it. I don't speak it. Like nothing. So, um, in a way, I'm not best placed to answer this question. However, I am obviously very familiar with Cantonese, and I've had a lot of very extensive conversations with um, Mandarin experts who have been through this process, and they've been, you know, they kind of told me about the main considerations. So, although you shouldn't take anything I'm about to say as gospel, um, hopefully, nevertheless, it does. It is going to be. Um, on the money, and it is going to give you a good idea of what to expect. Because you know, certain things you just kind of you pick up and, and you uh, you kind of realise to be true after having heard it these things from a number of different people. So let's just start with a very quick overview of what Cantonese is exactly for anybody who doesn't know. Can and the, the way I look at Cantonese is this: Cantonese is to Mandarin what Cockney is to English. Right? Say that one more time. Cantonese is to Mandarin what Cockney is to English. Now, it's not a perfect metaphor, but it's pretty good, I think. Cantonese is a highly developed, unique language that's considered to be a spoken language. And to all intents and purposes, Cantonese exists spoken, as a spoken language. It's not written down. Now, you can write Cantonese down, and people do, um, in, in certain situations, quite often. But generally speaking, that's not considered mainstream. When Cantonese speakers write stuff down, they will write things down in standard Chinese because they that is, standard Chinese is considered to be the kind of father language, if you like. It's the literary language. It's what an articulate, educated person would write stuff down in. It's exactly the same as um, Arabic dialects, where you've got, say, I remember when I learned Egyptian Arabic, but the strange dynamic where People speak the Egyptian Arabic dialect, but when they write it down, it's in standard Arabic. It's like almost a different language, but related. Okay, so this presents certain challenges to anyone learning Cantonese. But luckily for Chris, um, he's going to sidestep a lot of those challenges. So what does this mean for a Mandarin speaker who wants to learn Cantonese? Well, for you, Chris, at the risk of like massively oversimplifying the issue, your main task here as you are, you know, because you've got HSK level five, which is pretty damn good. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, at that level, you know, you are reading newspapers, you're understanding movies, you're pretty damn good in the language. So uh, you, um, your, your main task is going to be to learn a, a large amount of Cantonese-specific vocabulary. And with that comes, obviously, the pronunciation and the extra tones. Uh, you've got six tones in Mandarin in, uh, in Cantonese. Some people will say nine. Um, for practical purposes, it's more like six. Um, and so, what you, the, the main thing you've got to do is to learn a lot of vocabulary in Cantonese. Now, you already know that vocabulary mostly because it doesn't differ massively from Mandarin. Um, now, there is obviously a lot more to it. It's not a case of simply simply learning the Cantonese pronunciation for the Mandarin that you already know. It's not that simple. There are different grammar structures. You've got sentence particles, for example, which are the hallmark of, of Cantonese and something that makes it very, very distinctive. But here's the thing. The and as an ex, and I'm talking to you, Chris, as an experienced language learner, the two languages, Mandarin and Cantonese, are close enough. They're closely, they're closely related enough 
that the knowledge you've already got from Mandarin will transfer very, very well. All right, so despite the differences in the language, and you know, there will be people out there probably screaming at me now, saying, no, when you talk, there's huge differences between Cantonese and Mandarin. Well, yeah, there are, but the much the same as learning Spanish and Portuguese, or Italian and Spanish, there are so many similarities. And the, the family, the f language family, and the basic structure and foundation of the languages are so similar that just that a lot is going to transfer and you're going to get a lot for free, basically. So the thing that you, you won't get when you first start studying Cantonese, the thing that will totally throw you is the different vocabulary. You won't understand anything because it's different mostly, right? So that's why I say if you focus your energies on actually learning Cantonese vocabulary, then everything else will follow quite easily without you having to go out of your way to study it in depth, the same way that I had to do as a non-Mandarin English speaker. Okay, So in a nutshell, what I'm saying is that by basically studying Cantonese vocabulary, all the other stuff you have to learn will come quite naturally to you. Right? You won't have a great deal of new linguistic concepts to learn because the, the two languages are very closely related. It's mostly a question of getting used to the specific way that Cantonese speakers express themselves, colloquialisms. You, you, you could call it. And because Cantonese is a spoken language, it is, a, you know, a lot of the, the task here is about colloquialisms. It's, a, it's amazing Cantonese, you know, it, it just varies and chops and changes so much. People inventing new slang all the time. Even local people who have lived abroad for a few years can't keep up. So it's an incredibly dynamic language and, and very difficult for foreigners to learn. But the main point here is that learning Cantonese for you is not the same as a, a foreigner learning it without a background in Mandarin. So you are in a good, in a, in a good place. So practical considerations for you. Because you're going to get so much of the language for free due to your existing knowledge of Mandarin, what I would suggest you do is start by doing a lot of listening and let time do a lot of the work. So in terms of materials, um, you need to look for resources where the audio comes with the written Cantonese as well. Now, written Cantonese is not the same as, as written Mandarin, but there is, there are, again, there are so many similarities that, given your existing knowledge, you're going to be able to start associating characters you already know with the new sounds. Okay, So you're going to see a character you know, and you're going to hear this different Cantonese pronunciation, and at first it's going to be weird. But if you kind of approach this with the with the uh, the mindset of, okay, I'm just going to spend a few months listening and listening and listening and reading at the same time, making these associations. What's going to happen is as soon as you get over the initial hump of the, the initial shock of um, of the difference, you'll very quickly adjust to it and it will very quickly become normal to you. And, and I think you'll like it as well. I mean, for me, it's Cantonese as a language sounds more um, appealing, shall we say, aesthetically than Mandarin. That's a personal thing. I, I prefer the sound of Cantonese to Mandarin. So I think um, coming from China, I think you will, um, you probably like the sound of it. You'll probably get quite hooked on the, the, um, the kind of humour of, of Cantonese and the way, it, the way it sounds. So I would do that. I would, I would take your experience and I would spend a few months simply working through dialogues in textbooks and just applying your your brain to the task like 
absorbing yourself in it, noticing it as much as possible. And then that, that what that means is you don't have to make any major lifestyle changes or anything at the beginning. You don't have to go out of your way and go crazy with the studying because because of the proximity, time will do a lot of the work for you. Right Now that's the beginning bit. What's going to come later for you is the same challenge that all other learners of Cantonese face. Same, exactly the same challenge that I'm facing and why I even spent a couple of months in Hong Kong because what you've got to do is <clears throat> you've got to arrange your life in such a way that allows you to speak Cantonese regularly because it's that spoken language, because it depends so much on our, our interaction between between people and this kind of interpersonal dynamic, you know, even more than other languages, I think, means that the if, if you're serious about learning Cantonese and you're serious about being a good speaker of the language, you need to arrange your life in, in a way with, that allows you to speak Cantonese regularly. Now, depending on where you, where you live and your circumstances, that might be quite easy for you. But um, the, the, the kind of sit-down study, if you like, the listening and the reading, is, gonna, is only going to get you so far. It's going to get you to a point where you might even be able to understand Cantonese quite well. But the thing is, like, it's such an inflected language. There's so much to express in the way that you speak and, and your voice and the, the particles and, and, and these things that you, get, you really need, will need to go through a period of months or probably even years just practicing speaking the language with people so that you can get um, you can get comfortable with it. Now in episode 153, I listed a bunch of tips for how to like different ways to get that practice, now, especially if you're living abroad, then you should definitely go back and check out episode 153 because that um, really I really enjoyed making that episode because I think well, it, it confronts a lot of the challenges that I've had about living abroad and getting enough suitable exposure and language practice. So definitely go back and, and check that out. Um, I think, given your experience, Chris, you'll probably know what to do. But I think it's important to make that, that point, that to get to the level that you want to get to, lifestyle changes will be required um, in order to get that exposure. Now, in terms of specific materials... Um, I have always been told by people that know far more than me about this that the best Cantonese materials are actually in Mandarin. There are very few materials for Cantonese for native English speakers. You, 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 there are some for beginners. There's the complete Cantonese course. There's Cantonese Class 101. None of them are very good, but they're, they're kind of okay, I guess. But if I were you, given your knowledge, I would go out and look for Cantonese um, materials in Mandarin for Mandarin speakers. Because here's the thing. When you're using an English book, the English book for English speakers has to explain every single Chinese-type concept for the benefit of the clueless foreigner, right? But that's not you. You're more advanced. You know the Chinese language. So for you to study using a, a book written for Chinese speakers you're going to be able to sidestep 99% of all the waffle explaining different concepts and things like that. It's going to be a much more direct way of learning. Now, I don't know whether your your Chinese is good enough to actually study using a Chinese textbook, but if you can, then I would definitely consider doing that because it's going to save you a lot of time. And hey, it would probably be very good Chinese practice <laughs> at the same time. I don't have any recommendations for you, I'm afraid, because um, I've never used them myself. 
But, you know, if you simply go to a good bookshop where you are, you will find stuff. Find something that's packed full of, um, of dialogues where you've got the written Cantonese with the audio and, you know, you will quickly, you know, spend half an hour looking at different books. You'll very quickly find something that's, that's suitable. But above all, remember to have fun because Cantonese is the most fun language that I have ever taken on. It's really damn hard, but it's a lot of fun. So, you know, enjoy the process and uh, come and spend some more time in Hong Kong. You will, uh, you will love every minute of it. So thanks for the question, the, the question, Chris. I hope that was, that was useful. If you would like to ask me a question, then please do. I, I love having questions. You can go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash ask to record your question. Now, at the end of every episode, uh, I leave a resource of some kind on the topic of the show. And I thought today I would include a video that I recorded in Cantonese a couple of years ago. It's uh, a little bit about how I learned Cantonese over the course of one year. Um, Not to fluency, I hasten to add. I still don't consider myself fluent in Cantonese. Uh, Very much not, actually. But nevertheless, I got quite far in a year to the point where I could speak it. And I recorded a video in Cantonese all about that. So I'll put that in the show notes. You can find that by going to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash episode 163. And of course, on those show notes, you'll also find the complete transcript. Um, Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you back in the next episode of the podcast.